What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101. Today, we are having a very cool featured guest here on the podcast, and I'm excited because we're going to be doing the commentary track for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. First things first, we are watching the Skynet edition Blu-ray. If you guys have that, uh, pop that in, or if you're watching on DVD, streaming, if you're in the future, 20 years from now, however you're watching Terminator 2, we are watching the theatrical cut, okay? We're not watching the special edition. We're not watching the extended special edition. We are watching the theatrical edition, the tightest version. And uh, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest. He is a really good friend of mine. We've been friends for years, and he actually is a uh, training actor. He goes to uh, school for acting. That's his passion in life. Uh, performing. So I figured, you know what, we'll have him on here because he knows what he's talking about. I've told you guys in the past, he's well-spoken, funny. Um, and uh, just so you guys know, it's going to be an explicit commentary track. There's going to be a lot of language. So if you're offended by that, why are you watching this? Why are you watching a rated R movie? With all that being said, Mikey Ponarelli, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on. Thank you for having me. No problem. And thank you for that that wonderful introduction. I'm like blushing. Yes, yes, he actually is. His whole face is red. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's it, you know, it's exciting. I remember showing him Terminator Two, taking his T two virginity, and um, he took it hard. Yeah, you know, he had a great time with it. And so when I figured I was going to do these commentary tracks, I reserved the space for him because he told me, you know, how much he prefers Terminator 2 over the first one, which is fine. Not not that not that I have anything against the first one. It's it's just that uh, what I like out of a movie in terms of like storytelling elements, uh, 2 gave me much better than the first. Yeah, and we're and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into, you know, why we prefer which version we prefer. So if you're watching on uh, Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, we are 17 seconds in to the film. We've passed the uh, Carol Co. Uh, production logo. We're going to start the movie right at 17 seconds. So I'm going to count it down. Three, two, one, play. And on play, press your play button. Alrighty, guys. Three, two, one. Woo! Hold on, hold on. We had a oh. little bit of... Oh, of course. Yep, yep. There you go. Technical difficulties. The machine shut off. Isn't that fun? See, this is the whole point of the movie is that the machines are going to fucking take over. I mean, you can't write this. Like, I, <laughs> Literally, the second I went to press play, my Blu-ray player shut off because we've had it on pause for the past 10 minutes. Okay, so just uh, bear with us, guys. Uh, we're going to reboot this. Uh, fuck you, Skynet. <laughs> What fuck you, but Skynet. This actually brings up a really good point. Anytime technology like falters or does anything that is not what it's supposed to do, I always call it Skynet and I blame it. That's really it's like it's like thanks, Obama. But Skynet. Sure. And again, guys, there's gonna be a lot of this stuff. So if you're like politically sensitive or whatever, just get off. Because you know Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. So But yeah. Um I don't know. Resume? Yes. Yeah. Please. Try that. Here we go. This operation is currently prohibited. No, no. Oh, oh there it goes. All right, we are ready, guys. We're back. All right. We're like Arnold. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one, play. Booyah. All righty. Mario Kassar presents. 
get rid of this. A Pacific Western production. Lightstorm Entertainment, that is James Cameron's company. Wait, James Cameron? Okay. <laughs> yes, James Cameron made this. Whoa, that's crazy. Wasn't he some sort of like, you know, like okay movie like Titanic or something? Well, this is before Titanic. <laughs> Man, that movie sucked. No, I'm kidding. I love the Titanic. All right, so here we go. We have the opening. Basically, this is one of the things that I've talked about, uh, the timelines that happen in these two movies. This is going to be the little glimpse of timeline A. This is the future war. We are now seeing the destruction of the nuclear fallout. Getting the epic narration from Sarah Connor. See, I and I just saw um, to refresh myself. I just saw the first movie last night, uh -huh. um, and just like the first movie, they start in the future first before they go back. Yep. So they draw but, a lot of parallels. I mean, what's so cool, and you can actually talk about this because you are firsthand rate. Going from Terminator to Terminator 2, we'll just look at the difference. This is already, like, because, again, I just saw the first movie. This is already a huge difference. Uh, how far apart of these movies were they made? Seven years. Seven years? Seven years. Well, the technology, uh, you know, in terms of effects must have gotten so much better in that short amount of time because this already looks, it, it just looks so much better. But it, it, it. It looks better, but it's not any different in terms of the feel between the two. It's a consistent feel and Same, tone. And and even in the color correction, you can see it's like, it's even thematically color-wise, it looks the same. But just like right there. No, the car flip. That happened in the first one too. Just the endoskeletons alone, the way they move, the way they interact... See, I think what I wish more movies did this because if you do it right, it looks so good. I think they're using actual models for the ships and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Miniatures. You can, you can tell because most of the time when you're fucking lazy and you don't try to make good CGI, CGI looks like absolute dog shit. And uh, if you notice some of the most critically acclaimed movies, you know, do it the hard way and they use models and they use practical effects. Like, there's a reason everyone loved the original Star Wars. They literally built the fucking models for the ships and did miniature explosions. Yep. Oh, here we go. Here comes Brad Fidel's updated score. Arnold Schwarzenegger. So... I just wanted to touch on this base. The fact that back in 1991, I think it was ruined. To the best of my knowledge, it was ruined, even in the trailers. They didn't keep the mystery going of whether or not Arnold was the good guy or the bad guy. They didn't keep that, that a mystery. So when you went into Terminator 2, I'm pretty sure just from the trailers, everybody knew that Arnold was going to have a have a flipped role in this one. He was going to be the good guy. But can you imagine how incredible it would have been to have been in 1991, go into this movie thinking you're going to get the exact same oh, Arnold yeah. performance 
And then all of a sudden when they're in the hallway and he says, get down and you realize he's the protector. Do you, can you imagine like how much like cooler that would have been? I was when I was absolutely. And when I was watching the first one is the same goes for both these movies is I was like, I wish I was alive during like when these just came out because in terms of, well, in terms of anything, in terms of direction, in terms of effects, these movies are basically at the height of the industry at the time. Like for like for an '80s movie, these are both of these movies are incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't th- well because you said you wish you were alive back when the first one came out. Yeah, because oh. I can just imagine sitting down in a theater and like this insanely just cinematic film it it looks beautiful you know the terminator's fucking awesome and scary like you know you have really big names on screen it's it's incredible all right now we're gonna get the introduction of arnold it's just really good it's really good atmosphere right like just the like the bluish hue that's going on here. That's one of the things I love about the first two films is the first film, just based on the poster, like if you look at the poster, it has a very reddish tone to it. And not, and not the whole movie, the first Terminator, has a red hue to it, but that's what differentiates them. Terminator 2 is a very different movie, obviously, but even looking at the posters, they're two totally different movies movies the first one is like a reddish tone to it the second movie has a very dark blue and there's a lot of a lot of you know meaning behind all that you know why they went with that on the posters but here you have arnold i mean i like to imagine they didn't even write in that they had to be naked during time travel i like to imagine arnold's like no i i must be naked on screen (laughs) 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 he's like write it in Back when the first one came out, he's like, that's part of my contract. <laughs> I'm the greatest bodybuilder ever. I didn't I didn't work out my whole fucking life to not show up naked on yeah. screen at least once. Oh, I love this scene. This scene is great. The, this this is, great. is what immediately from the very beginning, um, this scene is what made me start to think like, oh, I'm going to get an amazing sequel. And, you, and this is a great point to talk about because remember, you've seen Terminator 3. You yeah. remember how awful it rips off this scene with the with the lady strip club? It's like a little kid trying to act like the cool kids. Yeah. And all he's doing is making himself look more, more like a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> it tries so hard to be... Two, and it just isn't. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot to say please. And sorry, guys, if like we have little moments where we don't talk, we're just engrossed in the movie, and that just speaks to the power of the movie. 
Now, what's cool is when the guy stabs him with the knife, you'll see the knife bend. Watch, watch the knife when it hits Arnold's chest. It's very small, but watch, watch, watch. The knife, when it hits his chest, it bends. Did you see the bend? Yeah. Now, when this movie was re-released last year, I believe, in theaters for 3D, that was one of the digital fixes that James Cameron did. He digitally fixed the knife so that it didn't bend. Oh. That was something that he missed when he was editing the movie, I guess. See, I thought that was purposeful. like The, the knife bend? Oh, and then again, it's flesh on the outside. The, the metal's behind the flesh. So no, it would have actually gone through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then... That's perfect. No, it's good. It's, it's a really good first scene to set up the tone. That's what any good movie does, is it shows the audience, this is the type of movie you're going to see. Yep. And you just saw a badass robot walk in, kick everyone's ass, and steal his motorcycle. <laughs> And what's cool is James Cameron was actually worried about putting Bad to the Bone in this scene. He was worried that it was going to be too much of a like a wink to the audience. And I and I personally think that it works beautifully and so does Cameron, you know, in hindsight, you know, but when they were making this and when he was putting the film together, he was worried that it was going to just walk that fine line and I talk about that a lot. The Terminator films have to walk a fine line because you don't want comedy you don't want comedy where it makes it look like the terminator is trying to be funny that's when it gets bad you know see you're right see, see i never thought of it that way that's really interesting because they're not it's just like um the, the rule of comedy in general is don't try to be funny like don't try to get a laugh be the character and be the motivations behind that character and the humor will come naturally as a result. Oh, this is the other one now, right? Yep, this is Robert Patrick coming in. I love this actor, by the way. Okay. I was... I gotta talk to you about... Okay. I Because I, I met him. You fucking met him? That's sick. Mikey, that's his signature right there. Oh my god, that's so awesome. I have the I'm holding the Blu-ray and I had Robert Patrick sign it. Um, but I didn't have a great experience. I actually made wow. a I'm I made a video and I'm going to make a video for the YouTube channel, kind of going in depth on this, but just know that I didn't have a great experience meeting him. And it wasn't anything other than him controlling the situation and making it a bad experience for me. So what was he just kind of like stuck up? Stuck up isn't the word. He's he was like cold, like he wasn't cold like... and stern. I understand why he plays villains. Oh wow! Okay, it just wasn't a you great. Never, you never know with actors. You really don't. Like because remember, I feel, I feel like you can get a sense for them like during interviews. Like like one of the people I love as an actress and as a person is Emma Stone. She seems like an all round just amazing person. Yeah, but I mean, you'd have to meet her obviously True. to know what she's really like. Yeah, it, it uh, unfortunately, I mean, it was awesome. I met Robert Patrick. See, that's cool. I but mean, you said you didn't have a good experience. I met the T-1000. I can say that, but it wasn't a great experience. And uh, unfortunately, I wish I could change it, but... Maybe he was cold and stern because he actually is a robot. <laughs> he is the T-1000. He's still in, like, he's still method. It's like, you realize this is, like, you know, this 20 plus years ago. 
Patrick, you know, this is this is a movie, right? I love that. Natural father, unknown. That's cool. I love that. See, James Cameron knows when you get involved in time travel, there are plot holes, but he avoids them because that that if if they would have put Kyle Reese as the natural father. Kyle Reese was the yeah, it'd be weird. It, it would have caused plot holes because John Connor's original father is not Kyle Reese. Yeah, I've, because it couldn't be possible. I've talked about this, yeah. Because Ky- Kyle Reese is younger than his exactly. son. Exactly. But we got the introduction of John there. And um, fun fact, the actor who plays Todd, he is on The Walking Dead or was on The Walking Dead. Wow. He played Gregory, the guy who ran Hilltop. That's him right there, in case anybody didn't know that. Uh, that was a shock when I found that out. Again, uh, really good direction because they're making uh, world building look really simple right now. They had one shot of the kids like doing their own thing. They had another shot of the mom going in to talk to the dad. Yeah. He's on the couch doing whatever. You can tell it's you kind of a broken home. Yeah, you understand. You, you can tell it's a rough home life in a matter of like, what, three or four shots. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Good it's directing tight. is efficient directing. And now, I mean, come on. The the introduction of one of the all-time greatest transitions from one character to another, but the same character. You know what I mean? She's the same character, but... Same actress, right? Same actress, yeah. yeah, yeah. Linda Hamilton. But she is not the Sarah that we last saw at the end of Terminator 1. She's not. It's really awesome. Just from the look that she's about to give Silberman. Fucking Silverman's dick. <laughs> That's original. <laughs> I feel like that was just like a nod to, uh, cause there was a whole thing with, um, this writer called Harlan Ellison who uh, claimed that James Cameron plagiarized the idea Uh for Terminator from him. Oh, wow. Um, Obviously, I think James Cameron basically just said it was, you know, not true. But I feel like that was kind of like a nod. That's original. Look at Sarah, man. She's just incredible. That's one thing James Cameron does better than most directors the way he handles his female characters, he's he's very much about making them, you know, strong. Yeah, I noticed that even in the first one because uh, the, the plot centers around a female lead, and um, there's actually a really nice theme. I mean, it doesn't get explored that much, but it does get explored, which is like she's like, you know, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to, you know, be the savior of like mankind who raises like John Connor. Yeah, but like, uh, you know, by the end of the movie, she's comes she comes to terms with it and it's because her experiences have made her stronger. Now, I don't know if you remember, but this is the theatrical cut. Last time we watched T2, we watched the special edition. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There was more scene with Sarah and the guards. Remember they go in and they like beat her. Oh yeah. So there's one thing that was cut from. If you can watch the special edition, watch it too, because it, it has good stuff in it. It has good stuff in it, and I'm, a- and I'm actually working on an episode where I discuss the differences between the uh, cuts. Um, 
However, I mean, I'm just going to give it away now. I think the theatrical cut is the superior version. Uh, and James Cameron does too. That's why he doesn't call okay. them director's cuts. They're not him trying to improve the movie. That's why they're called special editions. Okay. He just likes to add the scenes in to you know, have more material for audiences to work off of. But the theatrical cuts are his preferred versions because they tell the tightest story possible. Mm-hmm. Now, this is funny. I mean, it looks like it could work. It looks like it could be possible, but I don't under Like, I don't, what is he doing? <laughs> what is there to not, what is there to understand? Like, he's hacking into the machine. I know, but he put in, like, a card. Of course. That's how you do it. Any, you know, when you need to hack a, a Mac computer, you just put in a card. It's that simple. Like, this is a 19... I, well, this movie takes place in 95, I believe. I'm actually upset Easy that I... money. I learned at a young age how to hack into an ATM machine. Exactly. I, I'm pretty sure this movie takes place in 95. Um, and in 2018, I don't even know how to do that. How in 95 did he know how to do that? What the hell? I love that. She tried to blow up a computer factory. Like, that's just, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the government, like, covering up what's going on. I love it. Or at least that's how I interpret it. Me and this kid, uh, the friend, we actually share the same birthday, the real actor. Oh, that's cool. That's, uh, That's pretty cool. I found that out. I love that. So efficient. You know, it's just, you realize he's looking for him and bam, we're we're on. This is a great monologue. such a such a strong actress so like what i don't like with some modern movies is i see it too often is the director the director is trying to make it the flashiest it can be he's trying to make it the most grandiose it can be like i liken it to some superhero movies Uh um but it's not just superhero movies it's it's 
in a lot of modern cinema. When sometimes the most effective way to get any point across is let, just just do do a close up, give the actor some room, and just let them pace through their scene. Because when you have an actress like her who knows what she's doing, you can see the wheels in her head turning. Like she's she's going through the motions. She's like feeling real emotions and she's she you can see her going through it all and it's like that monologue wasn't rushed she took her time and it created a better performance because of it yeah and it's like sometimes simple is best but that's the same thing that he did with michael bean in terminator one yep and i really like that fucking scene too the same exact kind of thing where they're watching video footage of this person trying to get a message across oblivious people are around them and no one's listening no one's listening I love it. And now it's such a simple and like any human can relate to that. You have a point no one gets. And it's like the immense frustration. But this is like the world's ending. <laughs> no yeah, like, Come on, guys. It's really good. Now this what, is what's a, her name again? Her Linda, real name. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. She's so fucking good. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, or I'll do the research afterwards, but I don't think she got any kind of like high nominations you know what i mean i don't think she was nominated for uh, an oscar i could be wrong i don't think she was though and it's a damn shame it really is She's excellent. she could have been i could be wrong because i i do think i'm thinking of sigourney weaver and aliens i think she got a oscar nomination but not linda hamilton something i never understood and see if you can like tell me how does how does sarah know it's August 29th, 1997, that it happens. It, there could only be two real possible explanations. One, it's a scene that we never saw in Terminator where Kyle tells her the date and they just decided to leave it out. Yeah, all he says is it's going to happen in like seven years, I think. Yeah, he doesn't actually give her a real date that we see. Or yeah. she's just basing it off of a dream that she had. She sees it in the dream. Right? Those are the only two explanations. Yeah, either way... <laughs> It's a bit of a plowhole. I mean, I don't know real like it's okay, I accept it, but how does she know the date it happens? I don't know. I, I guess you can just assume Kyle told her, told her before it, he passed it was, away. Yeah, it was off screen. Miles Dyson. I mean, what a great transition. God, James Cameron, I fucking love you. You go from her with Silberman and then talking about, you know, where is the evidence if if what you're telling me is true, like where is any of this evidence that you're talking about? And it's with, it's with Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne has it. And now we're back to them. It's such a oh, good I love this scene because, transition. Because it's like, this is false hope she's being given. Yeah, this is all just a facade she's doing. Mm -mm. She had mm -mm. poor choice of words. I don't think this is going to look good on her review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's so ah, oh, you feel for Sarah because yeah. you know. And again, she didn't ask her this. It's just kind of like her fate that she was told. And this agony she has to go through. Her son is literally everything to her. Oh, damn it. <laughs> he really is. No, he he's everything that she could. Yeah, Kyle. Um, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Kyle's dead. He's all she has. And now, now we're... Okay, so we got all the exposition out of the way. Everything that we really need to understand where the story is going to be going. Now we're into action mode. Now we are... This is a full-fledged action epic. Arcades. Oh man! Just look oh, at that. Just, just look at that. <laughs> so eighties. Well, this is wait, not, wait, yeah, this is an eighties. This is nineties. Yeah, this is yeah. ninety-one. I love this. Like, watch the lady behind Arnold in like the next shot. There's like a lady behind Arnold, and I think he like bumps into her, and she like gives him the stank look. The lady in the white. You see that? Yeah. The lady with the white hair, she was like, what the fuck? I love that. I love looking at the extras because I've seen this movie so many times, so I like looking at people in the background mm -hmm. and seeing what they're doing. You know, like, it's fascinating. Because I'm pretty sure this is actually at a real mall. I think, yeah. That they, that, they, that they filmed at a real mall. But there's no way those are just people. Like, they have oh, to, no, they no. They have to all be extras. Yeah, they're all extras. See, and they all have busy work. So it looks really good. Yeah. Afterburner. Oh my that's gosh. great. Like that's like good foreshadowing and little nods to the future. And I mean, just from the fact that he's playing that game is is very uh, telling of you know what kind of a person he you know he is he he is kind of born for this stuff you know what I mean mm -hmm. he's into the combat he's into you know fighting and and shooting and stuff like that it's just because I mean he could be playing basketball but that's not John Connor you know what I mean yeah that's not who John Connor is it would make sense that he would be playing a video game that is about destruction. I love this. Can you imagine in 1991 if you didn't know who was who? You would yeah. think Arnold's the killer. You would think Arnold is the bad guy right now. What I love is the duality. The person who looks like the protector. Yeah. Is That's the, why James Cameron did yeah. that. That's why James Cameron did and that. The person who literally looks like the the criminal gangster yeah. is the protector. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is so ex. This is so masterful. I was gonna say expert, but that makes no sense. So masterful. Just the editing, oh, with the score. Oh, Fuck. awesome. 
And now here comes the first, arguably the first digital effect shot that really blew people away. Yeah, what again, the hell? Again, for its time. Yeah. It looks good. I mean, obviously, compar- comparable to like modern technology, it's like, yeah, it doesn't look great. But. but actually, you know what's funny is like when you look at Genesis, I don't know if you've seen Genesis, the liquid metal in that looks terrible. It's too much. Like they, it's I like guarantee they, you it was just laziness. Yeah. They don't most put the effort into it. Most of the time, that's what it is when you have special – if the special effect looks lazy, then it probably was lazy. Yeah. Fun fact, the guy taking the photo right there, that's the co-writer of the script. <laughs> Cameo. Yep. Will Wisher is his name. He was also in the first Terminator. He's a cop that Arnold – Hits up against the car in the first Terminator. People don't talk about it much. Um, and, and what I mean by people, I just mean like general audiences don't talk about it much. Because, you know, before I became an actor, um, you know, I just, before I even knew I wanted to act, like I would, I just knew I enjoyed movies a lot and I enjoyed performances a lot. Um, but, you know, after I started to learn about acting and about the elements behind films and stuff, it's like, you see movies through a whole other scope. And, like, when people enjoy a movie, I don't think they realize the factors at work that are making them enjoy it. Like, for this movie and the first one, the cinematography is fucking awesome. Like, the shots James Cameron gets in these films is so good. It's framed... Oh, that guy just died. (laughs) (laughs) It's framed... um, it's framed so well, you see everything you need to in the yep. shot, and it looks fantastic. And I can only imagine the hard job of a cinematographer, but they kick ass. Like, just look at that. It's part, yeah. That's Arnold. Look, look That's in the Arnold. Back, and look in the background, just two more people just fucking yeah. obliterated. Yeah. Nope, two more dead. Like, it's so good. Again... The shots. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the, 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 the credit of that obviously goes to the, the DP, Adam Greenberg. Um, he, knows what, he knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He uh, carried over from Terminator 1. A lot of the crew from you Terminator 1 carried over. You can see it. Most of the time, if you're, if you're doing a lot of like, um, if you're changing a lot of the staff, um, oh my god! That made no sense. Where did the truck come from? It's like a it's like a bridge this wide. <laughs> Yet it looks like the truck is coming up this way. It makes no sense, but that's just a little issue. Plus, the windshield popped out in one of the shots. Now it's back in. That's something he also fixed. Yeah. When they uh, re-released it, he fixed the windshield. So he digitized it in. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, see now it's like falling in. <laughs> oh, so that was fake. What we just saw? Well, no, no, no. But that's oh, that, just, that one was. It's all real. It's all real. What I'm saying is, when this movie was re-released last year, oh, okay. He went back into the movie uh, and fixed all those things because now look at the windshield; it's perfectly back in. Now I get it. The continuity is a little bit off, but I mean, the scope of this movie. I mean, you can understand why. If you're watching it for the first time, you don't most, catch you're that. You're most likely not going to. You do not catch that stuff unless you're. <laughs> Unless literally your job is to look for it, you know, like if you're a professional movie critic, then you yeah. might notice. This is like literally just years of watching this movie. You've seen it all, yeah. Yeah, 
you look for that stuff now. Look at that shot. It's framed like right by the wheels of his bike. Like, so you feel as an audience member, like you're moving as fast as the character. Yep. And that's what you're supposed to feel in this scene is adrenaline. You're scared. You don't know what's going to happen. Cars are flying all the way around. The truck is fucking chasing him. You yeah. want to feel, look how fucking good that looks. <laughs> it gives you this feeling of claustrophobia, which is what John is su- supposedly feeling right now. Yep. And now here's, here's your little moment of relief. Back into it. God, (laughs) if I saw that shit, I'm done. I'd blow my brains out. Now here's the epic shot right here. This is masterful again. Right here. Wait, did he do that? No, that's a stunt double. Oh, it looked a lot like him. That's a stunt double. Um, I think his name is Peter Kent. Arnold's stunt double that he's used for years. That's really cool, though. That even though it's a stunt double, they did it. They look, yeah, they, they look pretty well. Again, stunt double right there. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. You look really closely. You, you catch tell. the stuff, but it's okay. It's forgivable. It is. It's not like plot holes and shit. That was so cool. The little flourish of the gun. The flourish of the gun, the, the twirling of the gun. Arnold had a hard time with that. I, uh, I bet. <laughs> He broke his fingers, I think, or he oh cut his God. fingers, something like that, to the extent of hurting his hand, trying to master flipping the gun. If you guys don't know, also, when he puts the gun back, there's a, a take where he actually hits John in the head with the gun right here. <laughs> there's really? a, th- yeah. He nails him. There's an actual take where he hits him in the head, and <laughs> I bet they both started laughing. <laughs> well, John looks like he's in pain, and Arnold just looks like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> Look at that. That is revolutionary. Creepy, for, yeah. That is revolutionary for its time. That's nuts. Yeah. Now, now oh, we get some character building. We get character building. This is like the this start the of the, the father-son relationship, essentially. And it's the first time you get to connect with John more. Yeah. Because so far it's just been plot-driving dialogue, not uh, character-building dialogue. Yep. See, the action's over, and now we're pausing. See, this is what I wanted more of. This is why I like the second one more, is because the, the first one is very effective. It gets its point across. But this one, I love the pacing between story and and character development. Yeah. You get both sides of the coin. For a child actor, he's really good. Yeah. It's really hard to find good child actors. Nine out of ten times, if I see a kid on screen, I'm like, oh, fucking help me. I know. This is one of the strong kid performances, yet I've come across people who have issues with him. I don't know why. Well, he's, again, he's younger. 
like, he's not perfect, but from what I've seen, he this is his first movie. He t- this is actually his first movie. This is the first then movie he ever did. He's doing phenomenal. Yep. <laughs> like from what I'm used to, he's a saint. He's kind of like a kid, too. He's like, hey, are we there yet? Yeah. He doesn't understand the stakes yet. Or does he? Did did his mom already warn him about all this? Or she hasn't been able to because she's been locked away? No, he knows because that's why he was like, you're you're a Terminator, right? Yeah, he knew about him already. Yeah, he knows what's going on, but he doesn't, what you said is true. He doesn't really understand the stakes, you know, the true stake. Like, see, okay, perfect example. That is comedy done right. You you got a quarter? Good rating. Oh, the scene with with them and the, um, what is his... Model called the which one the liquid metal guy T one thousand the T one thousand um the scene with them and him is brutal. Shut up, you worthless piece of shit. <laughs> so. So I'm assuming that's his, like, adopted mother. Yeah, yeah, foster parents. Yeah, yeah. Context clues. What's wrong with Woofie? I can hear him barking. Ooh. Great. Your foster parents are dead. Oh. And then we cut to, what the hell did the, what just happened? And now we're going to get to see what happened. And this brings up another issue I have with the later Damn, sequels. It's so... Them taming it down to PG-13. This this story is a rated R story. You need brutality like that. Yet if your movie is PG-13, you can't show shit like that. Yeah. It's not gratuitous. They wanna, they, it's about money. They want to sell it to a wider audience. Yeah. I mean, it's not gratuitous, but you need to understand the... Uh, the immense nature of what's going on, and that's why you need the the, the scenes like that, the violence. Yeah, you need all that. Here we go, more more world building, character development, telling us what the T one thousand is all about. So yeah, this is not actually Arnold from Terminator 1. That's Terminator 2 Arnold, <laughs> dressed like Terminator 1. It's really cool. Didn't have security footage. She's got like a blank face right now. Like disbelief almost. 
Wow, she's so focused. She's really smart. Yeah, she's a she's a great female lead. Like uh, a lot of people, I feel like they complain about, you know, we don't get enough strong female characters, or we don't get enough, you know, just essentially. They're worried that their gender is not being represented well, but you just need to look for the right directors. Like there are people who care and do that. True. She's smart. She's strong. She's a leader. See, that seemed genuine. He's good. Because you told me to. Technically, didn't he already say, let's go help her? <laughs> didn't he already kind of order him to do it? <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I don't know the way he phrased it, but... He's such a punk. It makes sense. I mean, he's pretty much grown up on the streets. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. He's street smart. 100%. Who's the dipshit, you jock douchebag? (laughs) (laughs) This is great, because he's about to kill him. And he just he puts, he literally puts it down. I love, I love how ca- he just casually. Sure. <laughs> he, he does a really good job, like looking like a complex cybernetic organism. Like yeah, he moves like a robot, but he he still reasons and thinks. That's I mean, arguably that's why the Terminator is perfect for Arnold because I mean, come on, we got to be real here. Arnold is no. He's no, uh, <laughs> he's no A-list actor. Well, he's an A-list actor he's A-list, for a different not, reason. He doesn't have the biggest range. In exactly. The world, yeah. yeah, his range is limited. <laughs> Which I mean speaks volumes to the to, to the success that he's had. I mean, the fact that he has a limited range, but yet he's one of the biggest. And mm-hmm. I mean. Well, anyone knows his name. Yeah. How old is he now? 
71. Oh my god, he's 71 and about to be in another film. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I've already talked about that. Um Yeah. They need to he he looks excellent for his age. Holy crap. He looks fucking phenomenal, better than ever, but he has to be a human prototype in the next film. He can't be a Terminator. He has to be the prototype for the T-800 because if they use him as a Terminator, it's just going to look bad. You know, right. No one wants to see well, an old Terminator. So do you know that's what's happening with him? I don't know. That's what you think. There's nothing confirmed, but that's my what needs to happen. Now, see, this is another scene. Okay, so she gets licked here. Jesus. Right? This is so fucked up. What? Was that just... That was just added so we feel more bad for her. Like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, it's... This awful pervert works in this psychiatric hospital? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, good. The schizophrenic borderline vegetative state bitch <laughs> i've been waiting for someone like you just look on the face i come to work every day waiting for this oh god first thing i do is murder him she gets her revenge on him that's for sure beats the fuck out of him oh god she's lived a tortured life A scene I wish was in here, but is not. But it's in the special edition. Is the the dream sequence with Kyle? Refresh my memory. Where right. she sees Kyle come back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, it, it's. I mean, there's really nothing to it. It's just a cool reunion. There's really no reason for it to be there, which is why it was an essentially cut. Mm. It's just a rehash of Terminator One. Yeah. But it was cool to see him, you know. Yeah. But uh, I understand why it was cut. So see, it's cool. Speculate. What like did he walk off? I don't think so. I think I think he became the floor right there. You think he became the floor? Because remember he's remember he be, he becomes the floor. Oh right. After the guy steps on the, the part of the floor and then he starts like coming out of the floor. Right. Oh I, yeah, I forgot about that scene. Yeah. I just like to like ask people like did did the T one thousand just walk off or did he just kind of melt down into the floor? Could be either or. See, because now we're about to get the shot where the floor comes to life. I love saying it too. It's like, because it sounds like the ultimate, like, meditative, like, ancient thing that you could do. Be the floor. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> whack. <laughs> You got something on your shoe. Look how good that looks. It does look pretty good. God, that would look horrible today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Why is that so hard to do? That is beautiful. And this is, and these are actually twins in real life. Wait, what? Yeah. There's no like special effect here. It's just twins looking at each other. 
They hired twins. That's awesome. Yep. Can you imagine that? Holy crap. Can you imagine that? Oh, jeez. Seeing yourself? Oh, my God. I, I, I really don't think I've ever heard someone comment on how scary that would be. You turn around, and there's you. Holy fuck. No. <laughs> nope, I'm done. That's another <laughs> moment where I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I guess he is out of here. He's dead. <laughs> There's so much going on. Uh, I, I love his look. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't look at me. I'm not up to anything. Hmm. Who else am I gonna rape today? <laughs> Anyone in here I can look their face? Now I've heard from Cameron because I watched the commentary for this. I heard that. The thing that he, she's about to hit him with, I heard they actually did that. Oof. She actually hit him with this thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus! How true that is, I don't know. Who would do that? Who would say, actually hit me with that? That is a very dedicated <laughs> actor would say that. If anybody can really, because I mean... I wouldn't. I'd be like... Guys, there's like a million different ways we can make this look real. Yeah. I'm not going to get hit in the face. Maybe what Cameron was saying that, okay, he had a blood pack in his mouth, but she really hit him. Oh, yeah. He didn't bleed. He like, didn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But there, like there'd be still. No way. That, that'd be borderline like lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if your director is like brutalizing you. But I believe he, that looked good. Like That, that was a hard like hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There are some actors where, you know, there's a scene where there's a slap and they'll be like, fucking slap me. I love this shot. They could have done it with like a special effect, but just panning the camera and changing the actors. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. It's effective. Excellent. Because you know what happened. Yeah, that's as simple as him. Like, literally the camera panned, he ran off, and he ran in. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so smart. Did you see that look she gave before she hit him? She was watching what he was doing. Yeah, like, bitch, you are not doing that. Like, she she was about to just hit him, but then she saw his hand going towards the button. She hit his hand first. Again, like, a really good actor or actress, they don't just go through the motions. They make sure that their expressions show everything they're thinking about to the audience. Yeah. Everyone does such a good job on this cast. I mean, he keeps his promise. Fucking blows his kneecap out. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't kill him. (laughs) And again, another beautiful line of comedy, but it's just that right amount where he says, 
right here. <laughs> That's funny, but it it doesn't come across like the Terminator's trying to be funny. It comes across yeah. as he's telling him, he'll, he'll live. live. <laughs> I did what you said. You said don't kill him, so I shot him in the knees. So powerful. She, like, you can hear in her voice, you can see it on her face. She, she is so focused. She's so, like. Yeah, like, you get the sense that when Cameron called cut, it, someone probably had to be like, Linda? 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 The scene's done. You're good. <laughs> like you can just you can just see on her face and in her eyes she's so panicked she needs to do this oh, oh fucking look at that stunt just look at that stunt that was great it's that little shit very controlled <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just <laughs> he just got fucked up. This is where it all comes together. Yeah. This is where every character converges. This is awesome. Ah, oh, how do you? Oh, man. That's so. You awesome. gotta have some adrenaline to break a fucking key, right? It's so awesome. She broke it in the lock. The, arguably, this is my favorite moment in the whole film. This is a great like the the use of slow mo here is the most effective I think I've ever seen. Right here, what this means for Sarah. Oh, this must be like almost like PTSD. All, yeah, look, she's horrified. She, you can see, she's remembering like the horrifying encounter she had like years ago. She, she would rather run into them. Like, take me back, take me back. Do they even see him? <laughs> you dumbasses. Oh, now I see him. <laughs> now, what's funny is I always thought, come with me if you want to live. Because I saw Terminator 2 before Terminator 1. I thought that that... that, ter that this line originated with Arnold. It was actually Kyle. Yeah. I, I was totally oblivious to the fact that Michael Bean originated that, that yeah. line. But I always associated that line with him. Mm -hmm. Well, I think everyone does. When, when people like talk about that line, they think, they think of Arnold. Yeah, no one thinks of Michael Bean. 
Poor guy. That's so freaking creepy. But I love the gun. Keeping, uh, keeping, very smart. keeping the rules and limitations going. You know, they're not breaking the rules that they established. I kind of wish Silverman got shot right there. Yeah, that would have been cool. Because then he wouldn't have made a dumbass appearance in Terminator 3. <laughs> I forgot. That useless cameo. Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. Yep. And that looked really good, by the way. That's a real that, that, that that's a real puppet, like an animatronic. That looks really good. That's obviously CGI, but like the melding, not so much, but like his head splitting open. Yeah. Now, fun fact here. This is something crazy. In this scene, Linda Hamilton forgot to put in her earplugs. And she's permanently deaf in one ear. Because they were shooting. They a were real shooting. Gun. Those are real guns. She became permanently deaf in, in one, one ear. ear. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. Because she, she forgot to put in her her uh, earpieces. And wow! But see, I still feel bad. But that means she was powering through. Like, what? What? What must that feel like? <laughs> in a small little fucking elevator, you're shooting a gun. Yeah. How was she not, like, in the middle of the scene, like, <laughs> oh, my fucking ear? <laughs> well, because I, cause I've actually shot a gun. I've shot a real gun in, like, a gun range, and I had the things on, and you still hear, like, the ringing in your ear. Yeah. You, you still hear it. So I can only imagine that that's... that's plus, plus, you're in a shooting range. There's more open space for the sound waves to, like, travel. Yeah. You're in a small, confined elevator that's less space for the sound waves to distribute. She was just so into it, and she was. She probably just thought, "Wow, I'm just hearing that ringing in my ear." Oh well. Jeez. But yeah, poor, she's, poor bastard. She's permanently deaf in one ear. That sucks. Every shot you feel. James, James Cam. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you can go. You can go. I was just gonna say James Cameron almost drowns someone. In the yeah. Titanic. Yeah. Makes someone deaf in Terminator 2. Yeah, well, I mean, that was her own fault, essentially. Well, but yeah, she should have. That's really important that you bring your earplugs. But, yeah, he, he is known as being one hell of a hard director to work for because of how into it and passionate and no fucks he gives. What's cool is there's actually someone driving in the back. See him? Whoa, from the back? Yeah, that's how they're driving. That's so awesome. So they're actually in the car. They're in the car, stunts. but someone is driving from the back. There's his head right there. That's how do you know all this? Is this all the special features? This is just dude like not like obsessing about all this shit. That's a puppet. That's why it's not moving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which James Cameron said he wishes he could fix because it just looks dumb how it's stationary. I'm just so like in, like intrigued with every production thing I can find. Oh my gosh. This is all on a sound stage and they're just like that's a screen behind uh -huh. them. It looks really good. Sorry guys, I'm eating. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. It looks really good.
Now, something that never is actually utilized by the T-1000, but could be, is he could become John because, bam, he touched it. And yes. Anything that the T-1000 samples by touch, he can emulate, essentially. So I never understood why he didn't become John. Granted, Sarah is no longer the mission. You know what I mean? They're not after Sarah anymore. They're after John. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense why he would become John, but you know, you would think you would become John to lure Sarah yeah, into well, it. If you, if you kill the people trying to protect him, exactly, the chance you can kill him. Yeah, exactly. But the T one thousand never becomes John. It's weird. Interesting, because they left that shot in for a reason. Yeah, like he touched it. This is James Cameron's favorite scene in the whole movie, where. John thinks he's getting a hug from his mom, but she's checking him for wounds. Yeah. It just shows you how broken they are. Like, all she knows is what she was told before she was locked up, and all she's obsessed over is this this world is going to go on the brink of extinction because of these robots. Yep. All she knows is fighting and war, yeah. and yeah. she's been treated with nothing but, like, uh, solitude and violence. I bet she's forgotten. The only person she was able to truly love was like Kyle. Yeah. He's gone now. So I, she must forget what it's like to have intimacy. Which is why I love the scene with her and Kyle in this movie. Even though it's a dream, you see, you see that, that side of Sarah that you're never going to see ever again. Mm-hmm. It's a cool little like, quick little scene but it was cut why are you not trying to kill me this time yeah say that's a nice bike so now this is something that's interesting and I just want to get your view on it because you are someone who's more heavily involved in the performance aspect of right. of, of, of uh, character. And to go from Terminator to Terminator 2, that progression of Sarah, to know that she's going to be in the next film, which is going to be a sequel to this film, forgetting Terminator 3, 4, and 5. It's going to act like those don't happen. Will she be in it? She's in it, yes. That's awesome. But I'm curious, where do you take the character next? Is there is there an is there another level you can take the Sarah Connor character? In terms of so in terms of exploring a character and um fleshing out um like arcs to their story. Uh the first arc was all about um gaining strength and gaining courage. Because she didn't have either of it, and Kyle was like, "You'll get it. You'll learn." Um, this movie's all about because uh, she has that strength and she has that courage now, but now you're seeing the consequences to it. You're seeing um, how much humanity she's lost in the process. So, in terms of a sequel beyond that, it's almost like I can only imagine it'd be more mental degradation degradation because it's like I don't know where else to go but down 
Like, because next up is the war, right? That's all that's left. Well, do we know what the next one's going to be about? Not really. There are very, very few details that we can really secure in concrete. this movie kind of, at least for me, tied everything up in a pretty little bow. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... So I really don't know where else you would go with her. For the longest time, that's why she never did the sequels. Like She felt like Sarah Connor's arc is completed in this movie. Right. Which is the beautiful thing about this. If next year the new film blows ass, which I hope it doesn't, but if it does, at least we still have... This is a, this is a phenomenal conclusion. One and two. It's essentially all you need. One and two, and that's why Cameron isn't directing because he still feels like, you know, this is the story. This is everything that you can really wring out of the story. If that's totally true or not, I'm not sure. He is on board again as a producer and he helped create the story for the next movie. This is the first time he's been back. True, yeah, to the franchise. Well, then I would imagine he wouldn't do that in such a long while unless he had something he felt was worth it. Worthwhile? Worthwhile, yeah. Okay. So that makes me a little more confident, but I don't know. I trust him. Um, there's always there's always little things you don't think about with characters. Like uh, here, here she's almost like learning to care again, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to be a, a a mother almost again. Um, but there's still there's still a lot more to her. Like what what did she do to become? Like, already she's badass, but, like, I wonder what it was like um, post all this, like, training John, training, and then John training those soldiers. Like, you could, there's a lot of places you could go. I just don't know what they would do. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Like, we were there when she was pregnant. Now John's born. Uh, to me, all that's left is the war. I mean, if the war's still going to happen. It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. I love that line. Yeah, because they kind of effectively gets completely destroyed. Destroyed the last chip and everything. I don't know. Well, no. See, that's the thing. It's um, and I talked about this as well. Uh, it's who? It's like in the next film, we have to assume that Skynet is still around. Somehow, so they're gonna come up with something. There's a couple re- that. Well, I mean, you think about this, right? You think about Cyberdyne as a company. They're not going to. They're going to have backups. They're going to have yeah. file, you know, all this shit you can say is the reason for it continuing. It's not all resting on Miles Dyson. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He just said the man most directly responsible mm-hmm. is Miles Bennett Dyson. So yes, he's at the top. Right. But what about all these other people that right. they don't eliminate? You know what I mean? That can continue his work. That is absolutely true. 
I have detailed files. What we do have a lot of confirmation on is that a big majority of the film, if not the whole film, is going to take place, I think, at the border of Mexico, the next film. Okay. Which is okay because, I mean, yeah, look where we are. Essentially, I don't know if this is the border, but we are essentially around there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're in Mexican territory, Latino mm -hmm. territory. She is very heavily involved in that culture with Enrique and everything. He backed down real fast. Do? What is she doing drinking right now? <laughs> Don't you kind of have like a lot to worry about? I'm assuming he just put the baby down. <laughs> Either that or he like launched him across. Yeah, I was going to say just <laughs> while we heard nothing. That's a China lake, I'm pretty sure. That's a grenade launcher. Nice little call back to Predator. <laughs> huh. 
gosh. She's so in shape for this film. Yeah. Makes no fucking sense. He it messes with your head. Okay, so yes, so see, he's Cameron, dead, but he hasn't even been born. Cameron, yet. yeah, yeah, acknowledges <laughs> the like the the wackiness of where we are. It's a really, it's a really cool scene. <laughs> you just slapped me with like 20 pounds of metal. He punches him. <laughs> mm. Good writing. Yeah. Good delivery. Now, if I ever get a tattoo, this is what I want to get tattooed on me. In this like exact like way, like take a screenshot over to whoever the artist is and be like, put this on my back. I'm just waiting for the camera to. Oh, it takes a while because she has her nightmare thing. It says no fate. Which you want that like big on your back? Maybe not big. Maybe not like to scale, but I want that like kind of etched. If I were to get a tattoo, okay. the way it is like with a knife, kind of etched. Because I love that, like, no fate. There is no fate but what we make. Because that's a big theme about 
these films is, you know, is it all... You're not pre- controlled by... Is, yeah, are you in control? Is it predetermined? Can you change it? This is the scene I talked about. Remember I told you I did an episode where, like, mm. I talked about a scene that is powerful. This this nightmare nuclear scene oh, is yeah. horrific. Here, here comes another use of twins. Right here. That's not Linda Hamilton. That's her twin sister. Oh, wow. How did... That must have worked out really well. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I happen to have a twin. Oh, we're using her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's her twin sister. If I'm wrong, everybody, I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure. God, this is amazing. And and people who are like, you know, scientists, whatever you want to say, nuclear experts say that this is accurate. This is what it would look like. If a nuke went off? Yeah. When like when nuclear bombs go off, this is what it looks like. And these are all miniatures that they're just exploding. Jesus. You're welcome, Nagasaki. Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's awful. (laughs) What's really um, impactful about this theme is that it can apply uh, so easily to real life because Obviously, it's about, oh, the machines are taking over, and it's from our own doing. Like, Arnold literally just said, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Arnold literally just said that, uh, you know, you you human, it's in your nature to destroy yourselves, which is very true. Like, it's very true about war, about pollution. Like, you could connect, you could connect the theme of this movie to so many different things. We're destroying our ozone. We're destroying our own people. You know, we're manipulating our own people. Like, I mean, it's true that. Uh, I just imagine how much the government actually does like hide from us. Yep. Probably a lot. Um, and it's true. Like a lot of the bad shit that goes on in the world, it's our own doing. It's a good lesson to learn. Empathy. Another main theme of this movie. Empathy is the way to avoid these problems. At least that's always been my philosophy. So who came up with it first? (laughs) No one. I love the way his voice cracks. Yeah. Because he actually went through puberty during this movie. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is tactically dangerous. That's such a great like conflict. It's like, yeah, it might prevent the war. On the other hand, it's you're killing Murder. someone. You're yeah. killing someone. Yeah. Very effective to put the kid right there, too. Yep. Shows the morality. What's crazy is she's almost like a Terminator in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the fear she's invoking is look at that. That's not that unlike the roommate scene. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even connect those two dots. Was it even similar? Did she even like kind of fall the same way? He fell. Similarly, like it went to slow motion for a second on his way down. Yeah, is that how? But like, is like, did she fall the same way? Yeah, she. Well, not kind the exact rolled? same way. But she she fell onto her front like he did it. Okay. I don't know if they're trying to draw a parallel like that, but I don't know. I, I'm interpreting it like I'm, that. I'm pretty damn sure. Yeah. He's another excellent, like everyone in this is great, but he's another excellent actor. Yep. Joe Morton. See, but then she steps back. She sees what she's done. and She's like, what the fuck am I doing? This family is terrified. And I'm about to like kill a father in front of his wife and son. Look, she's the monster. And here comes, like, the hero. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Now she hugs him. You know, something I love about this is it's there is so much other drama going on that you you subconsciously forgot about the T-1000. Where is the T-1000? We have yeah. not seen the T-1000 in yeah. some fucking time. Yet there's so much other good stuff that they can keep the momentum going with. It's almost like the T-1000's useless at this point. You really don't need the T-1000. You now have the drama of... Stopping Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. But you add in the T-1000 and, oh, God, layers, layers. Beautiful, beautiful scene coming up. Practical, nothing fake about it. No CGI. In 2018, this would be 100% CGI. Yeah. This is a... No, uh, any fucking endoskeleton would be completely CGI. Yes, yep. This is a Stan Winston practical arm that Arnold has over his arm. So his real arm is coming up like That's awesome. behind him when he pulls it, it looks off. looks so good. When he pulls it off. Right here. Look at this. It looks so good. Oh. <laughs> God. Poor fucking people but realize what that means for miles he knows what that is yeah he has the exact same thing back at cyberdyne he has that arm he knows what that means and his line after this narration is perfect i feel like i'm gonna throw up Yeah, it's not, it's not every day you find out you're responsible for three billion deaths. <laughs> so I'm like basically another Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, no, possibly except worse. I, except I'm less discriminate. <laughs> That's funny, I, j I just mentioned, like, Nagasaki. Yep. You gotta blow that shit up. See, no one must follow your work. Possible loose ends.
See, and this just shows you she could have just killed a like a completely like innocent, kind-hearted person. Like the minute he was told all this, he was like, "Okay, let's fucking destroy it all." Mm-hmm. That's another theme is the argument: um, how responsible should people be for their actions? Yeah, if taking the, responsibility. Yeah, if the, inten- for what you if do. the intention wasn't bad, how guilty are they still? More great writing falls along the theme of creating your own fate. I'm telling you. Making up history as we went. Uh, I wish we got more of this in cinemas. Okay? I don't, like, listen, I love me some fluff every now and then. Fluff is needed. It's important. Because what if I just want to show my brain off for a couple hours and have a good time, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't need to see Ant-Man 25, Return of the Wasp. <laughs> Return of the or, Wasp. Or, I don't know, like, freaking Avengers uh, 16, Iron Man, the 20th chapter. <laughs> like, I just wish there was more emphasis on stuff like this. Great storytelling, great direction. Which for any of you Marvel fans out there who are listening, I mean, we're not bashing. No, no. They the they th- make entertaining stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of some of it. I'm not totally involved in the cinematic universe, but but I can only take so much Marvel. Yeah. It's I need something meaty. Well, that's my worst nightmare. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm a fucking germaphobe. Like, oh, fuck. Do not tie me to a urinal. (laughs) If you kidnap me, tie me next to the hand-washing station. Please, fuck. Just just have that common courtesy. I can only imagine if that happened to you. you Don't put my head near a pisser. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) You would freak I fuck would. out. Totally. Up oh, here we go again, this hacking shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I know how to hack the entire company of Cyberdyne. I've got my little neat hacking <laughs> device here. It also works on ATMs. <laughs> this could be used for like a like a like a television commercial like ad, like one of those like you know what I'm talking about? Like those things like where they the, – the, the shows where they try to sell you shit. <laughs> this is a great ATM hacker slash super gigantic corporation hacker. This is the hackomatic. <laughs> you can You can hack anything from a calculator <laughs> to an entire business. 
It also has a bottle opener on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what is... I'm assuming that's deadly gas or something? Yeah, you have to assume. I mean, uh, I don't know. The gas... I remember this movie pretty well, but it has been a little while. I've only seen it once. Oh, he still is alive. <laughs> yeah, see? See what I'm saying? You, you almost forget about the T-1000. How did he, uh, how is he tracking them all this time? Well, you have to tie that back into what the T-800 said. You know, they have the same files. They might anticipate the same Oh, that's, right, right. And there you go, right there. I love that. I love that. They think that they are, the cops think they're going to nab the guy from 84. I love it. It's so funny to me. It's someone totally else. Yeah, it's great. I don't see why John doesn't just hack into that helicopter. (laughs) Yeah, some stuff you just gotta forgive. Some stuff you just gotta look at and go, what? It's fine. I understand it's for the Alternate world. It's fine. I mean, we're living in a world where fucking time travel exists. Shit from the future can come into it. So, I mean, why the hell can't a kid fucking hack into a corporation? It's all about your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, not taken literally. Oh, the hackomatic. It works. Do you want to make easy money? <laughs> Do you want to bring a corporation to its knees? <laughs> Nothing was forced either. Uh, every character has a purpose for being here. Uh, a lot of times, you know, when you have a big group of people, sometimes a couple people might kind of be dragging behind in terms of like importance. Like they're just kind of hanging around. Yeah. And everyone like has importance here. Quite literally, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I love that line. Trust me. A little freaking smug smile. It's beautiful. Can you imagine that? (laughs) (laughs) Drop your weapon. That's me right there. Fuck. (laughs) I'm out of here. 
Oh, what the hell are these called? Fuck. Uh, what, what do you Squibs, mean? I think is what they're called. The things on the ground looking like bullets that explode on the ground coming up here when they run. Oh, oh. Right here. I love that. You really... Who said... I've heard that said somewhere uh, else. Oh, so that's what they do to make the like the bullet... It looks like the bullets impacts. are hitting the ground. Right. Yeah, but they're really just like little That's tiny smart. little firecrackers, I guess you could say. And then all you'd have to do is add the tracing in post, I guess. Like the, the traces from the bullets. What do you mean? Like, because you... Or is that literally just... That's that's all the squibs, you said. Like, because you see, you see like the impact on the ground, but you also see like the, the smoke from from the bullet. Oh, I, I think that's all a part that's of it. All part that's of all that? a part okay. of it. But someone said, I forget who said it, that you just really don't see squibs used that much in movies anymore. Cause like well, they, there's other means to doing it now. Yeah, so. but it's just it's so cool that it's all practical. Yeah. And it looks better. Most of the time. All of that. All yeah. of that is squibs. Just And there's someone off camera who controls that and sets them off. Usually practical looks better. There's a there's a version coming out from I'm not going to butcher who the credit goes to, but there is a life-size endo arm coming out from a company or two companies. I think it's a combination of Sideshow and another company, but it's going to be that arm and it's going to actually be able to you can move like control it. It's going to be uh, remote controlled so you can actually move the fingers. Oh, wow and everything move the hand around it doesn't make much sense in the context of what it is because it wouldn't be able to do that it's just cool that it has that ability to move like an actual hand that is cool price point i don't know what it's costing but could be good we'll see He's kind of like grieving over, you know, all the stuff he helped create. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, you, you got to imagine like this is rough for him. Yeah. This it's is, his whole career. It's his life's work. <laughs> See? Squibs. Love it. This is sad. It's sad, but it's a terrific death performance. A lot of people who die in movies, they die pathetically. You know what I mean? I don't believe that they're dying or that they're in pain. He totally convinces me. Great shot right here of her running. Through the wall there is. <laughs> so awesome. 
I'm like so quiet because I'm like so. Yeah, you're so engrossed into yeah. it. It's tough to do commentary because you're just like, I want to watch it. And I'm pretty sure, again, I, I stand to be corrected, but I'm pretty sure that all that breathing and all that performance is 100% the actor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You, there, was no, there was no direction from James Cameron of how to go about doing this. You know what I mean? I think he came up with the... <gasps> that is a real explosion. They all... Okay, they all right. they all stood outside and they were like and they all watched it every single person in the casting crew watched that explosion that's incredible imagine what it was like to be there <laughs> it's nuts now fun fact watch watch so did they make that build i'm watching watch behind the t1000 you'll see a camera guy all right see him that was a camera guy or like one of like the like the crew members right did you oh, see him? I thought it was just a guy with a gun. No, it's a crew member. So did they build that building as a set for the movie? Yep, that was a... Yeah. Wow. At the time, this was the most expensive movie ever made. So I'm assuming this is all filmed in a real building with the explosion they used. It could be on set. Uh, who knows? Here we go, right here. Now, see, something I talk about in fan service is that is that's the way you do fan service because it doesn't come across as everybody get quiet, get quiet, shh, stop talking. You in the corner, stop talking. I'm about to say the line. I'll be back. It doesn't come across like that. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. natural. It's stay here. I'll be back. That That is how you do it. All it's missing is him driving a car straight through the <laughs> Can the first one. Fan service where you come across as like you're trying to silence everybody. Shh, shh, shh. Here comes some fan service. I hate that shit. Yeah. I love how he's shooting them in the fucking knees. Yeah. Such a great way. And I love oh. I love this guy who gets shot in the back because you hear him, he goes. God, it hurts. <laughs> Look at them. They're just rolling in pain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, such a good shot. I don't know how you get such a good picture with all that smoke. It's awesome. Here, hold this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait. That's him that drove that car. It is just like the first movie. <laughs> I forgot. He comes in with the car. I'll be back. 
and he drives straight through the building <laughs> with a car. <laughs> that made me laugh still when I saw it. When you saw it in the first movie, like I'll be back. It's just like the cop writing in his little journal, and then <laughs> with the fucking car. Yeah. What's funny about that line is like everybody and their mother. The second you're born, you know that line. I'll yeah. be back. And when you when you hear it, you kind of put it on this like level of like. God, if it's that great of a line, of that famous of a line, it has to be like one hell of a goddamn scene. And you get to the movie, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's so simple. It's just, it I'll be back. And he drives a car through. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, you, you would think there's more to it, but that's just the way lines get kind of. Oh, my gosh. That's 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 a callback to Terminator One. Remember when he gets in the truck at the end? Yeah. And he gets in and he says, "Get out." Yep. And the guy gets out. <laughs> yeah, there's a few callbacks for sure. Now, this is a very impressive scene because they got the, they built this highway. Oh, wow. This is all a set stretch of like, you know. This? This is all, this is all, yeah, this is all built on a highway. Holy crap. This is a um, 100% controlled environment right here. And. I don't understand. They built this road? the, The road they might not have built. This might be like. It could be a combo of them using a real highway, but for these shots here, this is 100% on a built set. Wow, that's awesome. Stretch of land, absolutely, 100%. No way they're doing this on a highway. Now, these shots of the helicopter going under are were so dangerous that basically no one wanted to, uh, to film it because it was so dangerous. Uh-huh. A, a helicopter going under... A, a bridge uh-huh. so it, it was basically just james cameron on the camera filming with the stunt guy dry uh flying the helicopter wow yeah like everybody on the camera crew was just like uh uh-uh, we're not filming that no that's too dangerous and james, and james cameron, cameron was, was like, like fuck that you I, pussies yeah give me the camera this needs to be in the movie absolutely that's a very dangerous stunt. Oh, I know, because imagine like if the guy went up just a little bit, the fucking would have got caught. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I'm I'm one one hundred percent positive this is actually a built highway. I, I can't imagine they would film this on a real highway. That is insane. Like, this is no la-la land. You don't shut down a highway. You know what I mean? You can't shut down a highway and do all this shit. Yeah. Hello? Mm. 
Oh, you're done for, buddy. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> That's what he gets for being a good Samaritan. That's a lesson for everyone out there. Yeah. Don't ever try to be nice to someone or they'll stab you straight through your chest. So much is happening. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just re realized there's liquid nitrogen in that truck. Yeah. How convenient. This is so good. I already know what's going to happen, but I'm still on like, the edge of the yeah, seat. Yeah, you just... So good. That's how you know you're watching a good movie. A movie you've seen a million times, or one time, yeah. can still get you like you're watching it for the first time. I wonder if that liquid nitrogen is about to get incorporated into this thing. <laughs> well, shit. Now, talk about another dangerous stunt. What the stunt double is about to do right here. This is so dangerous, but it's impressive how he just does this right here. Oh my god. That's fucking nuts. And they're going fast. Like they aren't going like bullshit speeds. Like, no. They're going fast. Imagine the fucking adrenaline doing this. Holy shit. That's all done practically. Jesus! Is the truck actually skidding like that? It's skidding. They're they're pulling it. Yeah. Obviously, with another vehicle, but. <laughs> that was a doll, I think. And Who knows what that was? It, I don't know. it, 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 it looked weird. A, it looked weird. I don't think that was a human. Whatever that was. The roll did not look right. Yeah, that roll was a little... That's probably the most dated thing in this movie. That roll. 
Our main man is about to get freaking lava dunked in a second. <laughs> I told him to say lava dunk because I've never <laughs> heard someone say dunked in lava. Off recording, I was like, I was, I think I was asking a question or something, and I'm like, uh, doesn't that happen once he gets, uh, he gets fucking dunked in lava? And I just busted out. Like, who says that? Dunked in lava. It's great. Oh, there's that liquid nitrogen. Yeah, this is great makeup. It looks really awesome. The The sound is really good, too. Yeah. So whoever's working on sound... Oh, my God. Whoever's working on sound is doing excellent. Ooh. How'd they do this? <laughs> when nothing goes right in your life. This is me when I wake up every morning. Literally falling apart. Did they use an animatronic for that? No. How did they? I definitely think a Terminator would say that. Well, because remember he learned from from John. John, John taught him that. That's true. Oh, I forget. Yeah, I forget he said the same thing. Now, to correct myself, certain shots of the thing freezing, the T-1000 freezing, could be an animatronic, like wide shots where it's missing limbs and shit. But, like, if it's a close-up, it's Robert Patrick. Right. Wow, that actually looks really fucking good. That almost looked like they actually melted like a metal and they just sped it up. Like this actually like that actually looked really real. Well, see, I think this is like reversed footage. I think so too. I, I it's think, like water spreading. I'm pretty and sure. And then they just reverse edit, it. Yeah, I think it's edited footage. So it looks like it's all coming together. That's really smart. So intimidating. You know, this kid was forced to grow up at such a young age. And then, even now, he has to deal with all this shit. Oh, you're talking about John? Yeah, John. Okay, I thought you were talking about the actor. You got to wonder. I understand that he was just basically 
blown to smithereens, and then he reformed the T-1000. Mm-hmm. Why is he walking? <laughs> He's a Terminator. His mission is to kill. Why is he walking so calmly? Yeah, well, see, I noticed that in the first one, too. Like, in some scenes, he runs, but, like, if your mission is to kill your target as fast as possible... Why aren't you... Why yeah. are you taking... Your sweet-ass time, yeah. other than the fact that you're in a movie and you're trying to create tension. How am I supposed to create tension unless I walk slowly? Oh, this is a great choreography. Yeah. Look at you that know, shit. It's all in camera. Oh, that was fucking sick. Oh, this is awesome. I forgot about this part. This is all, again, the choreography. Excellent. Yeah, like you understand what's going on. You follow it. Mm. And there's the other reason that people have speculated about Skynet continuing because he leaves the arm behind again. Oh, okay. Sort of similar to the first movie. They leave the they leave the arm behind. Yeah, that's something that's always irked me. It's like, why are you walking? Run. <laughs> but you could argue he was mu- he was not mutilated, but he was blown to smithereens and he yeah. reformed, so he could be malfunctioning. True. Which is a deleted scene from the uh, special edition. He starts touching stuff and he like starts malfunctioning after he reforms there. That's right. That's right. So that's probably why that was that. That, that could be, but I mean, again, you're walking slow, buddy. Right up the steps, run. Do the same thing you were doing when John was on the the moped, or whatever that was. <laughs> Just taking his time, you know. Smelling the roses, you know. The 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 T one thousand is more advanced than the T eight hundred, so they are you know designed mm-hmm. to act, feel, think like humans. So mm-hmm. he you know he he could just be you know taking some enjoyment out of this. You know he could be feeling, I am clearly in control of the situation. So mm. let let me take my time. Interesting. Let me take my time here. That'd be very malicious, right? But I mean. But I they, think I think that goes to show if he's designed to be more like a human and he's acting like a monster, I think that goes perfectly with the theme. Look what fucking um Sarah did earlier almost. Yeah. To the man's family. I think I really do think a, a huge theme of this movie is not just, you know, like the fate. Like that's the overarching theme, but I really do think it's about the morality of humanity in general. Like, are we really better than machines? Sometimes we're just as systematically evil as them. Yeah. It's so fucking scary. Okay, you're right. I mean, look at this. Okay. Fucked. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I remember this part. I flipped out when I saw that. 
He's like, all right, I went easy on you before. Now I'm just going to beat your ass. <laughs> You're starting to piss me off. He, like, he literally beats the shit out of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck you. Come back. Nope. Oh, my God. Jesus. It's when he hits his head. That's what's like, ugh. You know it's a machine, but you're like, God damn it, Arnold. Why? Right here. Uh, right here. Right here. Oh. And again. Fucking nailed. A little quick cut to an animatronic there. Arnold's like, oh, I don't know about the axis mask in my head. What? <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I was like, I don't know about actually smashing my ass. Oh, it did not sound like that. Uh, he barely speaks English. <laughs> but look at that makeup. I mean, that's, that looks that's fucking makeup. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say he would sit in um, he would sit in the makeup chair for like how many hours? I mean, I don't know, four, five, mm, six. It's insane. Remember, I I think I showed you footage of him sitting there, and he was you yeah. know being being funny. You know, he's yeah. like. How dare they mess up my face or something or something like that. Oh, this is brutal. Got a little like receding note too. That's yeah. the light fades away from his eyes. That's good music. Yeah. For a quick second there, you think, damn, Arnold's done. But luckily, they have a uh, backup power source, the Terminators. Did we even learn that in the first movie? Uh, shit. Shouldn't the T-1000 know that? Yeah, you would think. Again, you would think. If he has access to the same files, then he would know that. But it's okay. It doesn't bug me. After all, his main mission is to kill the kid. Arnold's just an obstacle. And actually, I stand to be correct, and I'm pretty sure. Remember, I told you the nightmare sequence was Linda Hamilton's twin. Yeah, I think I'm wrong. I it's think I think that is Linda Hamilton. Yeah, because I noticed um, when I that think. scene was going on, they were never in the same shot together. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, it would always cut to one or the other. There's only two scenes that I'm 100% certain about. It's this scene right here. That's her twin in the back. Oh, okay. And then in the special edition, there's a scene with her twin. So, yeah. Look at her fucking OGing this guy. Yeah. Her, ugh. But of course, she runs out of bullets. 
And this is really your, your indication of the T-1000 is human because right here. <laughs> you know, he understands. Uh, like a machine wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like... He would have just went right at him. So they do act very human. Oh my God. That's an excellent... That's horrific. That's like, who's that famous like body horror director? David Cronenberg? Yeah, that's like Cronenberg levels of like deformity. And I love this. Now that he's actually like dying, we go back like the you go back through all the people that he's emulated. Yeah, it's excellent. Ah, uh, it's so climactic. You just got terminated. Me every day right here with this line. <laughs> I need a vacation. That was me every day too, except I with the D1000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exploding into liquid. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. This movie, if it doesn't make you cry... It gives you, like, it, it, you're, like, seriously, your heart, like, sinks. Well, this next part. Is, with the, yeah, with, with, I got with the really, next I part. Think, I don't know if I cried when I I don't think you cried, but you. I got really you, upset. Yeah, it, it, it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. Because you've, you've developed the bond that John feels for the T-800. You know? John finally basically got a dad. Yeah. A fucked up form of a dad, but. And now he has to go. The, the kid does such, a good, does such a good job here. Breaks my heart.
Let's just let it play. Oh, the score is popping up. We're just going to turn it up here just so we can hear that score. And what always got me, like, it was sad and everything, you know, for sure. But it's what you said. It's the thumbs up. It's the, thumbs it's the up fucking because, thumbs up. Because that's, like, a symbol of their bond and friendship. Yep. Is that, that Had moment. he not done that thumbs up, I don't know if it would have been. It, it was it was emotional. Yeah. It's that goddamn thumb. <laughs> Fucks you up. Because if a machine, a Terminator, can learn the value of human life, maybe we can do. Hmm. So there we go. We we made it through the theatrical cut of Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 91. Written, well, co-written, directed, produced by James Cameron. So now that you, because you did a basically a marathon, you did Terminator yeah. One last night, Terminator Two today. Yes. Hey, look, Michael Edwards. Oh wow, I was in this. Um, where do you stand? Like, is it still Terminator Two? It's still Terminator Two because, uh, like I've said before, the first one is very effective. I mean, just like the second one. I mean, it has its themes and it has its, it does have its uh, character building, but. It just, the first one does an effective job of delivering a really good story through excellent direction mm -hmm. and atmosphere building, but two, touches so much more on the emotional aspect of the journey, on forming connections with these characters. Like every single death in this scene felt, I'm oh, sorry, death in this movie felt real and impactful. Um, I'm sorry, what, what was the name of the guy from earlier who was part of... Uh, the guy that built the processor. 
Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson, like his, um, he was only in the movie for so long, but like you formed a connection with him because you saw him amongst his family. It's just there's so much more to bite off in terms of character development. And that's why it's it a, stands as my favorite. It's a juicier movie. Yes. Right. Yes. And yeah, just, performances too. Like there, there's more memorable moments for me. Okay. Yeah. But they are. It, that's the thing. It's like it's so starkly different. You know. Yeah, for sure. They're so starkly different. So it is hard to choose, which is why for me it's Terminator 1, 100%, Terminator 2, 99.9%. So uh, before we end it, the final thing is, so we talked a little bit about you know the next film, Terminator 6, being a direct sequel to this and where the story arc of Sarah can go do you think that they should even be doing this or do you think that leave it alone? Cause clearly three sequels I think, later, they, I think they, they couldn't get it right. I think if there's a sequel, Sarah needs to be more of a supporting character rather than a focal point. I think the emphasis needs to be on, I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing with the Terminators because obviously the first one was an evil presence and the second one was both. One one was evil, one was good. Mm-hmm. So the focal point needs to obviously be on that because that's always a focal point. It's a Terminator movie. But also on John because I think, especially since he just went through one of the most emotional uh, things he's had to go through in this movie, I think the amount of growth he can go through now is immense. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I think Sarah needs to be involved, but, but a supporting character. Okay. Is my opinion. All right. Well, that's, that's it for us guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, you I know, appreciated being on. So oh, thank you again, man. No worries. Um, you know, if you ever have another opportunity, whether you're in Orlando, if I'm somewhere else, See if Absolutely, because I can always we can always call and do a do a episode. But for uh, sure, until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate the support. Um, check out the YouTube channel. Check out everything regarding Terminator One Hundred and One, uh, and most importantly, keep on terminating. <laughs>